As I walked on through Chatham Street, a fair maid I did meet. She asked me to see her home, she looked and blinked straight to me away. Santi, my dear Annie, oh, you New York girls, can you dance the polka? The Long Haul Podcast, America's Irish Voice. Interviews with inspiring immigrants, renowned Irish personalities, and discussions on all things Irish America. Presented by Michael Dorgan and Johnny Kennedy. This is our introductory podcast where Johnny and myself, Michael Dorgan, outline what the Long Haul Podcast is about, what we're aiming to achieve, what topics we'll be covering, and what guests we'll be interviewing over the coming months. We discuss how the idea for the podcast came about, and what listeners and viewers can expect from the podcast. Podcasts with Dublin footballer Jack McCaffrey and former Kerry County Board Chairman Pat DeBag O'Sullivan, who is a Sunnyside native, are now available to stream online. Interviews with former Cork footballer Larry Tompkins, Donegal New York club veteran Donald Gallagher, as well as fashion blogger Louise Cooney will be released over the coming few weeks. Please subscribe to the Long Haul Podcast, which is available on all major podcast platforms and is also available to watch on YouTube and Facebook. We appreciate all feedback, comments or suggestions, so please give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. We begin this podcast by providing you with some background information on both myself and Johnny. Johnny here alongside me is the owner of the Long Haul Bar where we're currently sitting on East 34th Street in the heart of Midtown Manhattan. He's owned this bar for the last five years and has been living in New York for the past 20 years. So Johnny, just give us a... Give us a, a rundown on your background, please. Okay, well, I'm co-owner anyway. I don't want Colin and Jerry getting upset about that. Yeah, I'm 20 years in New York, yeah. Here since just before 9-11, not to start off on a low point. Yeah, by 2001, got here in the bar business, i.e. bartender. I think when you came here originally, you had two options. You become a construction worker or become a bartender or a waitress or something like that. These hands, never going to do construction. <laughs> not a chance. They can barely do bartending. Yeah, and then natural progression anyway was always, a, which is a great compliment to New York. You you know, when you're a bartender, you're always aspiring then to get your own bar. Mm. And I have a lot of good mates, um, Michael McNamee now. Uh, one in particular now would be very close with Michael now. So I remember Michael getting um, me and Fiddler originally, and that was like me and Cotton and Michael and all. A good few of us all would have been friends. I remember seeing that and thinking that's, you know, when you see your mate doing it, you're thinking, that's mm. great, we can do it. And that's really what it was in the back of my head, so... Long story short, after a good bit, a bit of looking at times and different stuff like that, myself and uh, Carl Clark and Jerry McIntyre got together and got uh, got the long haul. Yeah, and touch wood, thanks to genuine realistic, thanks to uh, the Irish community, no doubt about it. The, the long haul has been a pretty good success now in the last few years. Anyway, it's been brilliant. But I couldn't over egg the uh, the Irish community being amazing. So yeah, I've been here ever since. We've five years has gone amazing. <laughs> it's gone so mm. quick. Like I know everyone says it does, but it really has. But it's good. And this is your first bar in New York, and you're currently in the process of opening a new bar just a couple of blocks away. Yeah, we're opening another bar over on uh, 38 between 5th and 6th, kind of called the Westbury. Yeah, mm. so, uh, and Conor Moore is involved with us and that and stuff, so that's good. But uh, yeah, that's going to be brilliant. Yes. Let's see. So, just to give you a background on uh, my own story, um, I moved to New York about 18 months ago. Um, I'm a journalist working with a local newspaper here out in Queens. Um, when I arrived here in September 2018, 
Uh, I got a job at Irish Central, so I worked with them for about a year. They're an Irish-American news website, and throughout that time and before I came here, I worked did, did, did some writing with the, the Irish Examiner back home, and I continue to do so, some freelance stuff and some stuff with the Irish Times, primarily in sport, but uh, any kind of uh, Irish-American story that might, might drop here, I would cover stuff like that. And just to give you... Uh, background on how we how myself and Johnny met it was through a story I was doing for the Irish Examiner and it was kind of a it came out of a, a need for or what we thought was a kind of a gap in the market here about covering items that were newsworthy here in New York and um, back last September as people in New York might know or well a lot of Ireland would know now the new president the GA president-elect is a man called Larry McCarthy from my own my own county Cork a Bishopstown man Larry put his hat in the ring for the GA presidency back in last September and I was trying to get hold of Larry for uh, an interview over that weekend. I think it was September, yeah, September, October. Uh, Larry went home for the weekend, didn't hear from him for a couple of days. The next thing I got a call to come into the long haul to do an interview with Larry. And uh, funnily enough, it was, a, it was a shitty old day, lashing rain. I was doing another job and quite frankly, all I wanted to do was do uh, an interview over the phone and by that time I hadn't even I don't think I had met you Johnny no I hadn't met you so I I had been into the long haul a couple of times and a lot of people know the long haul is kind of the kind of it's the GA headquarters of New York basically if you're coming for a match if you're coming to watch a match here or you're in town and you want to watch something the long haul is the place to be and I came in I met Larry anyway and uh Johnny was behind the bar and uh, music was blaring and I wanted to do a private interview and uh, I was looking for somewhere to go. Upstairs was taken, where we currently are now. We're upstairs in the long hall. So in case you are coming in someday on East 34th Street to uh, get the best pint of Guinness in New York, no doubt. Uh, we are up, straight up the stairs. But anyway, came in, did the interview, went downstairs, actually had no place to go and Johnny sent me downstairs to his office and so myself and Larry did a 35-minute interview which I had to cut down for about a thousand words for the Irish Examiner and uh, Larry left and I just got talking to Johnny at the door and we must have been talking for about an yeah. hour a good hour because uh, obviously we have a, a common interest would be football and GA and we just got talking and I was the conversation I had with Larry and people would get to know Larry over the next couple of weeks and months as the GA president um, but his, uh, just his knowledge of the sport and the marketing, which is his, which is his job. He's yeah. a, mar- a sports marketing lecturer here in New York. But I was kind of taken, taken aback by what he had said. And as a, as a journalist who primarily writes, when you get an audio recording that's 35 minutes long and then you have to cut it to a thousand words, it's like you almost kind of lose the... A great bulk of that interview and sometimes it's not conveyed properly to to the actual article and so, as it so happens it was a simple Q&A format so even at that I thought there was a lot missing but I got talking to Johnny and um, that weekend I think we just I think you dropped we, we said that there was a kind of a gap here yeah. in the market here and you actually sent me the link of the interview and I got to the end of it and I was looking for the rest of it I was looking for the rest of it and I remember even thinking that and I think I asked you that then straight out is that it? Yeah. Not in a bad way, but and you were like, I know it was a Q and A. Well, you know it is. What, and I had actually tied with the idea, and I'd mentioned to a few people over the last year or two about the podcast, even before you we were living here or something like that. And I said to a few people, like, you know, just think of doing it. Like to me, I was thinking for the bar, it'd be good, obviously. But it, but it was more so. There's so much goes on in New York. And nobody knows about it. Or nobody even gets a mention, whether it be Gaelic Park, whether it be lads going on. But even in the bar industry, you know. Mm. 
where's good to go, where's things to do. Like a lot of people move here, and I know you have social media, you can look up different things. But that's where, I, when I was angling that towards you that night, that's what I was thinking. Like, I think there's a great market here for people in New York. Like, we want to know how other young Irish people are doing mm. or how they got to where they are, like, whether it be in whatever business it might be. Like, I know we're going to interview Paddy down the road. Like, you know, even yeah, that... Paddy prom- Green. Yeah, even Green the... Green pro- promoter, yeah. Mm, even, like, what Paddy does. Like, it's fascinating. Like, yeah. how did Paddy get into it? Or how, does it? or how does somebody from Ireland come over and get mm. to Paddy? Like, I know they go through social media and they find Paddy, but uh, just the whole end of it. And even... Um, Louise, who we'll have coming up in the next few weeks, as she said... Louise Cooney, the yeah. fashion blogger, yeah. A guy approached, what, Louise in the airport and, like, tanked her. You know, she'll explain that story. Mm. Again, through social media, but I think there's just so much that there's a market there for people yeah. just for us to guide them in the right way, even, or even different yeah. things. And we were driven a lot by sport that weekend, and the more we thought about it, we, we thought we'd develop, we'd kind of merge into more. And from my own personal point of view, I was here about a year at that stage, and I had covered about, I'd say, four of Katie Taylor's fights for both the Irish Examiner and the Irish Times. And at the same time, I was working with Irish Central, and it was just their point of view. They, they they focused on a lot of other things, and they didn't really focus heavily. And this isn't a, a go off them, but they just weren't covering sport the way I thought that. Um, I just didn't think that it was getting proper coverage. Like what Katie sport here in New York yeah, by sorry, Irish people. Or Irish people were coming to New York, and what Katie Taylor was doing the last year and continues to do was just kind of out of this world. And yeah. I felt that there were just what people in New York. There's so many Irish people here that they weren't like I didn't feel that there was like everyone was kind of um, on. Not I wouldn't say on board, but they weren't all kind of wrapped because they didn't know they didn't know what was going on. They didn't know mm. that she was in town and she was going for. X, Y, and Z, but now when the Olympics are on at home, everyone knows the Olympics are on, Katie Taylor's going, going for that, but she was in the professional sphere here, and what she is doing, what she continues to do, is just, she's transcending the sport, mm-hmm. and I, we, we just felt when we were talking about, about the podcast that weekend, that there was something missing here in New York, that people aren't getting the information about who's in town, Irish people primarily, Irish people are coming into town, be it sports, be it arts, be it music, whatever, and people just don't know that there's not no avenue there for for Irish Americans here to know what's going on. And we thought that with the Larry, the Larry example and Katie Taylor, that this podcast could act as a medium to you know get people on who were who were in in for the week, tell them tell the audience what's going on, and we just thought that this could be a great medium. Hopefully, we'd be proven right in the long term. Yeah, and that like everyone is kind of like. More so than I think people at home. There's very few people I know a lot of the young Irish like they're coming in through the bar here over here mm. and we're obsessed with podcasts. Mm. We all commute. We very yeah. few people drive. Yeah. You leave the house in the morning. You have the two Johnnies on on a Monday. Mm. You know that's coming in. You're going into a woolly. You're going into off the ball, second captains, whatever it is, whatever your thing is. So we're just more so than people at home. You'd say yeah. say to people at home, I like you listen to podcasts. Yeah, I'm just getting into them now. Yeah. Everyone here is into them. Yeah. Everyone's into them, and we just there's no one doing a podcast <coughs> that's covering Irish America here in New York, yeah. and that's where we where we think we'll come in. And you might say, you're, "Why are you doing it in a bar?" But you should. And what Johnny had said to me, I think Shane Lowry, who you're good friends with, was in a couple of right. weeks earlier with the uh, just after winning the the British Open, and did even the last couple of weeks we've had. Larry Tompkins in. We've had former Cork great Larry Tompkins. We've had Jack McCaffrey in. We've had Louise Cooney, the fashion blogger. You know, this the long haul. There's a lot of people, a lot of a lot of renowned people coming through the doors here, and we just felt, yeah, just just it is good because, and I think like 
Like, does a young kid that's just come over now from Offaly, he's actually a friend of the lads you mentioned there and stuff like that. And it was very funny. He was literally day three or four here, and he said to me, he's gone working for us in the Westbury, and he says to me, he says, this would be a great bar now. If I get homesick now, this is where I'm going to come. Yeah. And I was like, you're going to go to a bar when you get homesick? <laughs> but I knew what the point he was making. It was a great yeah. compliment, because he was looked at the groceries, he was looking at everything straight away, the sports, and he was really genuine about it and that was one of the best things I've heard about it that is great that was yeah. what we were targeting here not the homesick fella that wants to stay in here getting drunk but you know what I mean that wasn't his point he just had that warm feeling about it and that's yeah you're right there's a lot of people have come through here between whether it be Shane Connor the f- Dublin football teams Kerry you know all the GA have been brilliant and the likes of Shane who you mentioned and stuff like there Louise Cooney and the girls any of them that are in the area but it's great for them. They've said it themselves. Louise will explain herself. It is good for us to have it here. But as regards the New York thing, with the we were also commenting like on Gaelic Park, which we mentioned. Mm-hmm. Like we did. Like everyone has such a fondness for yeah. it. But so I feel there's nothing covered about that yeah. either. So where we were coming from, just to let you know, we were coming from an angle of I had been I as a journalist that I'm just. I'm fresh, fresh here, really. So I'm at this point. I'm discovering New York as well, and with your knowledge of being here for the last twenty years, that we yeah. thought together, <clears throat> and with the people coming through the doors, that we'd really complement each other, mm. get the people in, in the doors, and then cover things that need to be covered. Like you said, a big issue here is Gaelic Park up in New York and mm. GA, and we are well, we are bought into our GA, but GA will be will be covered here, and we just thought there were there needs to be a voice for Gaelic Park and what's going on there because. Like like everything else, there doesn't seem to be. There's just kind of a, a lot of rumors, this and rumors that, yeah. and what's going on. And no one really knows what's going on. And we just thought we were going to get. We were likely to get. We'll probably have John Henchy in in a couple of weeks now. The new um, chairperson of the New York um, County Board. She'll come in and explain the new Gaelic Park plans. But we just wanted to get you know just just in just general. Like just, but like I see the passion that the lads that have over the years, the teams that have won. Like, you know, when Longford, like, the lads won it there a few years ago and Sligo last year, and I see the buzz the lads put into celebrating and the whole buzz. But, like, for, say, someone like me or a few of the other guys that are bartending on Sundays and we work on Sundays, we don't know what's going on up there and we don't get yeah. it. It'd be nice to get a few of them lads in to ask them about yeah. it, people to talk about, the money to get spent on players yeah. and different things over the years. Like, these people are really into it. Like, yeah. And it deserves a bit of a voice yeah. and to know what's yeah. going on. What's wrong with us telling them who's playing this weekend, who's coming up, who's in, who's out, who's suspended, who did this, who's gone to junior, who's done this. Yeah. It's like, you, unless you're in one of the teams yeah. or you're up there, you've no idea what's going on. And there's nowhere to find about it. So, and yet when you sit here and we spoke to um, from Donegal last week, sorry. We spoke to Donald Gallagher, Donegal Club from New York, who had managed uh, Donegal. Donegal back in the eighties and nineties and early to early noughties, and was who brought Larry Tompkins basically here to New York, and we've interviewed both. Yeah, well, he found Larry Tompkins through a newspaper, yeah. like back in the eighties. He knew more what was going on in Gaelic Park in the eighties, or he certainly find out more what was going on in the whole thing. Or, or even back home, he was saying through yes, the newspaper. He found through the newspaper, yeah. and, and yeah, he, he had never seen Larry Tompkins play. He told yeah, us, yeah, because he just seen yeah. this kid that was scoring all But we're sitting on Thirty Fourth Street, yeah. and I'm sitting on Thirty Fourth Street on a Sunday afternoon, and like I can find out what it is, and you can find out, but like you'd have to go out of your way yeah. to find out. You can, and to be fair, yeah. the, the Irish boys who I would have done some work with, who owned the Irish Central, who were the sister publication, they do the, they do a lot of results that is good but you know the, the, as we know print media kind of yeah like they're going to cover it as much as they can put a bit yeah, on it and yeah. that's and it and we're just like, putting we're just putting it onto 
putting out yeah. the audio and video, I suppose, as well. Yeah, yeah. like who's going to, you know, there's a, I think there's a lot to be covered here and that goes across the board. And with, with the goal, our ultimate goal yeah. here is to kind of, you know, shine a light on the GA here yeah. and, you know, if more people are talking about it, more people know what's going on, more people will likely get involved and yeah. it's just to improve the whole New York GA here as a whole. <clears throat> and then even like, suggestions from people as regards you know what what they'd like to talk about or get us to cover for them yeah because the visa thing is a big thing a lot of people don't know what visas what like and you yeah. people come in here now oh well, i'm on this visa i'm on that one what are you on who should i go through will i go to that lawyer will i go to this lawyer like i see it on there i think there's a j1 graduate page on facebook and the questions on it regularly like yeah. you know should i apply for my taxes is it okay to go to toronto when i'm at the end of my 90 days or not not sorry not so the 90 day but any of these visas and people are just saying, yeah. Other people are saying, yeah, go for it. My mate Jimmy did it. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot. And we, we, I think we, we spoke to Louise a small bit about it. And we want to cover the likes of visas. Because visas aren't being covered. And they're so important. But as you say, no one knows. Yeah. And people are kind of, it's almost, it's, it's hushed in a bar, like this visa, that totally. visa. And you know. Because like, a lad doesn't want to, well, what do you mean? Yeah. Like when Jeffrey O'Connor sat here with us in the early days when we were trying this out. Yeah. Jeff said the same thing. He just went with one of the lads that was in the office, and in hindsight, he probably should have yeah. gone a different route, or he should have done some other way. Like you know, what I mean, it, there's again that we could school ourselves on it a little bit better, and hopefully give people advice on it. Whether we get one of the well-known lawyers that involves in it on here would be ideal, and they could probably tell people what's the right and wrong way to go about it. You know, and it'd be also ideal to be on here if like we need any All Ireland tickets. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> And re- replay tickets. That's right. And even with this current virus that we're not going to cover, but if we've got it, it's a good time to start looking at flights, lads. You know what I mean? We'll but yeah, suggestions on that. But yeah, the visa thing was another thing that we wanted to get stuck into because we could, we throughout the podcasts we'll reveal my visa story, your situation, yeah. and it's just the more the more people talking about it, the less likely people are going to make mistakes because in this environment, yeah. one mistake will have you sent. But it's also sent. so much Chinese whispers or whatever yeah, they call it. I've been hearing it for like, I'm tw- as I say, 20 years here. And you must hear so much in the world. But you hear other people saying, don't go there, don't go there to renew your visa, don't go here, go there, go there. But you're just, no, that, that's just not enough to go on because Mickey Bag of Donuts yeah. told you that down at the bar. Now, we all know all the great sources and everything that's proper and right comes from a bar, but realistically, this is your life on the line, like, this is yeah. your future, you know, and, and again, not to scaremonger, but we'd love to hear people's, like, opinions on it or stories, like, a lot of people are getting a lot of grief this Christmas, like, you're coming back with a genuine visa, and next mm. thing you're getting grief in Dublin Airport, or whether it be Dublin or Shannon, so should you have not gone? Mm. What people was are afraid to go home. Yeah, and, like... <clears throat> I came here, you were illegal, everyone was illegal, so it wasn't an option, you didn't go home, and it wasn't, it. Yeah. but now people are there, you have a visa in your hand, it says you have a visa to work in this country, so if you have a visa to work in, you have a visa to travel, mm. or is that me being wrong, and yeah, I know, just, you're still getting quizzed, you're still getting quizzed, like, and why is that, and why is that, is that are we doing something wrong, are, are they just being anal, yeah. like, so, again, there are loads of topics that... I'm sure people would love to get to the bottom of them things and find out. And we would encourage people to, as we go along, to give us some feedback, give us some comments, who you'd like to get on, what stories you'd like to us to cover. I'll throw, down, I'll throw up the, the handles, the Long Haul Podcast, at the Long Haul Podcast is most of them, at the Long Haul Pod is the Twitter one. Give us some feedback. We will take all um, positive and negative, but the negative will be dis- discarded. <laughs> but this is, but this is. You can uh, leave it on the toilet wall in the long haul if you have any negatives. <laughs> we started this process back in last 
set October really and uh, we've made a, a few mistakes along the way <laughs> a few technical errors and but so this is a learning process for me and we want to engage with the audience and if you think that we should go in a, a certain direction or you think gee, gee, this person would be great to be on this is what the, this is what we are trying to do this we were going to be a platform to you know highlight Irish America here well primarily in New York but across the states if possible if we manage to grow yeah, no, absolutely, and I think there is a good market for it, and uh, I know we've had a lot of people stick, and it, when's the pod coming out, when's the pod coming out, so if that's not like, oh boy, there's enough people there definitely to criticise yeah. that, end up listening to it. When we do <laughs> release, we have been flat out at, at this podcast, Yeah, but um, we think, we, yeah, you know, we've, we, really, we really invested in the, if you see the studio here, the gear, you know, it was just a matter of kind of... Uh, putting it together mm. and getting it out and getting it out right as well you know we didn't want to be although we have made a bit, one or two mistakes with a I'll mention later Tom <laughs> like so the bar Johnny is um, like I, I, I know you're, like you'd want to be the bar is kind of like a hub here of Irish America and credit to you like as you said there earlier that this place is like a home for people it's not like you know a lot of people come to wherever they are in the world they go to an, Ir- an Irish bar that's in some country and you see it's sh- shamrocks in the front you go in the door it's just a normal pub but if you ever come into the long hall and I urge you anyone coming visiting New York come to the long hall in East 34th Street come in the door and you're met with your, it's called the long hall pub and grocery and the grocery is where Johnny and Kyle have a little shop in the front where you get your Barry's tea, your weed of X, your check the date on there. <laughs> your tins of beans and quality Guinness and people just it's just a lovely Irish bear. Replicate, yeah. Replicated replicate off the um the long haul bar and not really, the one in Dublin a little bit. It, probably from the grocery down is. You know, we were always fans of that, mm. me and Kyle and a few other friends. Um, just love the name of that and it's a great history behind the long haul in Dublin and Marcus and Val and all them were actually really helpful at the start with different stuff so we kind of did a bit of a nod to that with the clock and a few other things and with the grocery yes yeah. everyone thinks we're copying uh, <laughs> the lads on off the ball no no the lads on off the ball would be very good to tell yeah. you the story behind this they yeah. um we actually just donate. Let us let us know, Johnny, because uh, obviously you're good friends with some of the lads. And yeah, we and actually donate. Well, we actually bought this as a charity for the Bumblebee service in uh, in Munster. It's an ambulance service, sort of a helicopter service in in Munster. Mm. So it's really good. So, which t- uh, the great Tomas O'Shea. Yeah, is Tomas an embarrass- ambassador for them as well. So the lads get onto us. It's actually excellent. It's it's signed by um, Jer and Bomber in, it, and then Mark Tomas and uh, Dara signed it to us as well. But myself and Willie from the Palace were both bidding against each other. So Willie actually, the Palace there in Temp- and Fleet Street mm. in Dublin, and Willie bought one also, and the lads were good enough to do a typical Kerry auction. They had a one-off pitcher. So it's going to be a one-off, only person to have it, whoever gets this. And then when me and Willie got to a silly number, the lads said, well, why have we come up with another one? <laughs> so we have two one-offs, which was very good at the lads. But uh, as Willie would agree with me, an amazing cause. So it was brilliant. Yeah. And then a lot of people seen that picture. The amount of people that came here because of that picture, because Tomas had it on his Twitter or his Instagram, and actually people did come in, even before we got it delivered, because mm. it was actually this time, probably two years ago, when we did it, and um, it was actually Paddy's Week, and there was people here, and they still hadn't... Um, no, it was this time last year. Sorry, it was this time last year, and they hadn't seen it. So the amount of people that even come in to look at the picture. So um, mm. I actually gave... I got one from uh, Chris O'Sullivan in Cork, and I gave one to uh, the lads and off the ball, own Sheen felt a little left out there being the Kerry man in there at the time so uh, I sent one to Owen 
So uh, the one in the studio and off the ball? The one in the studio and off the ball. You I gave it? I gave it to, oh. uh, I gave it to Owen Sheen. He's the right. South Kerry man that works in uh, off the ball. So Owen was very appreciative of it. He did a nice video of him and Jerry Gilroy. Off oh, fantastic. When they got it. Yeah, and it looks great, isn't it? And to yeah. be fair, it looks brilliant. It looks great. And yeah. Bomber Liston has done a couple of really cool tweets when um, certain people are sitting in front of it. Um, but it's a fabulous picture, isn't it? The color, but it's been great for us anyway, and it's kind of been a part of our, as you say, GAA headquarters having great pictures like that and stuff. And mm. as I say, the lads and off the ball and stuff like that have been brilliant to yeah. us. You know, they've even been here to help us. You know, what I mean, mm. and hopefully they'll be here for the the New York game uh, pending coronavirus. Obviously, I know. I only thought that today, if that actually got cancelled, that would yeah. just be an absolute nightmare. How would that work? Like cancelling that would actually be very interesting, because by cancelling that. Are we just assuming that Galway get the the win? Obviously not, because it's so different. Because you're not in the country. Because as right. you know, the Galway lads are coming here, and it depends if there's going to be. Well, if there's a lockdown in Ireland, mm. then they can't come here. Yeah, the say, game so. will just go. So when does the game yeah, go yeah, there? Yeah. Where does the game get played? Toss a coin. Toss a coin. New York's first win in twenty yeah. years. Coin toss. I'll take it. So Johnny Glenn's team. Yeah. Win a coin toss over Galway footballers. <laughs> Johnny'd be fairly popular back there, wouldn't he? That'd be fair. Yeah. But it, it, that hopefully that doesn't occur. Yeah. And then, like you know, because it, it, it's a great festival here in New York. When the championship comes, mm. when the Connacht, you know, come mm. to play the Connacht Grand Champion or first round it's here. Huge event here. Oh, it's fabulous. And I think it'd be bigger this year and all because I know they're trying to promote and get Gaelic Park up and running and get the thing working again. But yeah, let's hope that goes ahead. I am. Yeah. I'd be a. Yeah. I don't think so. And so throughout this podcast as well, Johnny, like you've great, obviously you've great knowledge here of New York and what's going on. And like, I'm going to be asking the questions of what to do. And you're going to hopefully, what people might know, just along the way as the seasons change to just tell us what's on and where's a great spot to go. Mm. Yeah, that's another thing like that it, we hit on too that we thought would be great uh, when we were chatting to one or two of the guests there. You learn, like, you know what I mean? I remember my first years here, and we, we were like, Jays, look, see the price of the flights down to Orlando. Middle of July. We were like, Jays, we'll head down there. Four paddies heading down to, like, Orlando in the middle of July, and we couldn't work out why the flights were so cheap and the hotels were so cheap. <laughs> because it's bleeding 120 degrees. And uh, so, so you learn. You dare yeah. do learn. But I think there's so many great things to do in yeah. New York. Mm-hmm. Like, I could go on, but there's little things that none of us even know about, even for tourists. That ferry on 34th Street that goes up and down mm. the East River that goes everywhere. I didn't know about it until you told Louise Cooney yeah. on our pod like, there two, about two weeks like ago. Like it's $3 and you get on it, there's yeah. a bar on it, there's a rooftop on yeah. the boats and they go up and yeah. down or they go up to Astoria. They even go out as far as um, the Rockaways. Yeah. And a lot of people didn't realise it because a lot of them train or them ferries got put in and um, sort of upgraded because with the anticipation of the L train closing. Because there was this long anticipation over the last few years they were going to close the L train to redo it because mm. it got damaged during Hurricane Sandy, I believe. And then another man who hopefully will come on the podcast, Andy, who just recently left. Um, yeah. Ex-head of the M- MTA. Yeah, and it was Andy to come into town and Andy actually changed. Better get him before he goes home. He fixed it. Well, <laughs> he was here last week talking to the lads about his recent departure. So I don't know. I think um, New Jersey Transit might have, a, might have a job for Andy. I think that's a rumor. Right, yeah. That could be a rumor that happened. But Andy came along, fixed the L train scenario and told him they didn't need to close it down. Yeah. But in turn, the water became, the water taxis as such, which the, whatever, the Sea Street, whoever runs, or New York Waterways, I believe it's called. And now that's excellent. And the amount of people that don't realize is that really, like I could send you on one of the best tourist trips from 34th Street for probably less than $6. And it's amazing. Mm. Down the East River, Staten Island Ferry Free, set on the right-hand side, go right by the statue, Labor, Lady Liberty, 
get off the other side, come back on, get on the front of the ferry, yeah. best view in New York, come back in, walk around, get back on the yeah. thing, walk up to Long Haul and I'll give you the best pint again. It's in New York City. <laughs> and I'm Start back to get, finish here. And that's, I'm back the, at my the, that's the kind of thing, like I, I, I'm here 80 months and I don't know those things and yeah. you know, people come to New York, what should we do? Where's the place to go? And for a place that's so big and so popular. I yeah. <laughs> I, I think know. it's the thing is, it's so big and yet so small. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what's Manhattan? 11 miles long, three miles yeah. wide or whatever. And people do come here and you, yeah, listen, I love it that they go to Times Square and you love it, but you kind of cringe then that you think that they kind of get stuck there. But it's not yeah. their fault. Sure, yeah. What do they know to do? Go to Grand Central, go to Empire State Building. Go. Mm-hmm. And it's great. And to get back to Louise Cooney, as Louise said, she had mentioned a few places and a guy approached her and thanked her because they went to three or four different places and that's what I think that these bloggers and the girls and guys who are doing all this stuff they're amazing for them because now they're getting to the West Village you know they're getting down to the Lower East Side they're going for drinks and on the Bowery whereas years ago it was like not their fault but they'd be in around yeah. bars where I worked in Times Square and they'd be around there and they'd be like oh this is New York and they loved it too and yeah. it's still great but go to all of them yeah. you're here for four days you can see so much like. uh, we touched on that with Louise that kind of social media bloggers have become kind of almost uh, tour guides oh you know? yeah because uh, we had done it last year with uh, Retro Flame and Caitlin uh, mm. Fox then we were Laura my wife she was uh, just going onto their Instagram to see where they went and kind of followed followed and them well so. who better to ask like people that are doing it themselves and, and you're watching them do it you're looking yeah. it's more building a new bar and most of it is from yeah. Instagram I've spotted places in Ireland where I've seen furniture and Colin and I have spotted different things on it that we like from bars all around Ireland. Your screenshot, yeah. zooming it in, stealing it and bringing it into a leading painter, decorator. And Stephen does looking at me going, mm. if you come in here one more time with a stupid fi- picture on your Instagram, but Stephen mm. loves it too now. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, that's, it, that's, that's the world we live in now. If you're not, if you're not doing these things, you're, you know, you're falling behind, I think. And it was like, our tagline at the, at, at the start was inspiring Im- immigrants and renowned Irish personalities. So like there's, so we want to highlight people who are coming into town and what they're doing, but also the people who are here mm. and who have, you know, who have made a life for themselves, you know, how they made it, you know, the, the barriers they had, what visa issues they had or what industry they're in. Because there's so many Irish people here doing so many wonderful things. And we would like to get them on. And again, if you have any suggestions as we as we go forward, let us know. Yeah, none no, there is. And there's a lot of stories. Like I said, I was fortunate enough to be good friends with, like some Michael McNamee and Pat McNamee. So I had first, you know, front row seat to see how the lads create their business. But there's other young bartenders out there now, just in my industry, who are probably looking and wondering, geez, how do I go about this and how do I go about that? You know, like everyone can get, all these kids, like, know how to bartend. They know how to waitress. They know how to probably even go down and cook. Mm. But to actually go and, you know, get a lease or how do I go to community board? How do I do all these things? So hopefully we'll get the likes of Michael McNamee on and get people like that on. And Michael can tell his backstory of how you do these things. And also, go for it. Why not? Like, you know, and that's what New York is. And we've spoke about this a few times. I know I bang this drum probably a bit too much. The positivity of people in New York is just amazing. And the Irish people and... uh, but we're, when I say the Irish people, but we're getting it from the New Yorker. We're getting it from the American. Like Absolutely, The yeah. two Johnnies there, I think, recently did a podcast, or when they were on a pod, and I remember one asking the other, I think Johnny B asked Johnny Smacks what was his, like, Irks and Durst, whatever the lads do at the end of the show, which is a very, it's a great podcast. But I remember Johnny Smacks saying the positivity 
when he first got there, he was like, the waiter, she was, good morning, how are you? And Johnny was like, what's this fucking one on? <laughs> like, you know, but as he said, as the week went on, he felt it growing on him. Yeah. That that, like, they were just so full of it. They were so full of that. Yeah, go for it, why not? Yeah, yeah, great morning, good morning. Yeah, how's your day? And yeah, it is. Why not, like? But yeah. why not? Yeah. And it's true, like, what's the worst that's going to happen? Yeah. Like, and it is, and it's the fear. And I'm not knocking home by far. I love it. I go home more than most. I absolutely love it, but... I'd love the Irish away from home more than I do like the Irish at home as regards just the, the, the way we are good to each other here and the positivity around each other is just go for it. And you're right, aspiring immigrants, it's a great line like it because everyone should be aspiring to do something. Yeah. And they don't have to be huge names. It's like, you know, the vast majority of people here just come here, put their head down and work and make and just carve out a successful mm. life here. And they're the kind of stories and it's what you'd learn off those people yeah. that can help people listening to this show oh, so yeah unbelievable like and you don't have to be, go on to whatever get your get your own bar be a promoter or do any of like law firm or whatever but just even being here and working hard and being everything that's the success story yeah. the success story is being Sur- here and surviving surviving here. exactly because it's hard it's lonely it's very difficult and I know we hit on that in a few times with a few of the guests but it is and it's uh, like when I, I'm using the example of uh, the young guy that's coming over to start working with us now from Offaly and I said to him walking up the street the other day don't be under pressure to love the place you know because everyone keeps telling you you must love it yeah just because they love it they didn't always love it like it doesn't there's nothing wrong with it because I don't care where we're from in Ireland we're all come from a small town mm. because no matter what city you live in or what town or what village you still come from a small community and New York is pretty intimidating in its own right, like, what is there, 11 million people on any given day? You know, so it's okay not to be getting here on your first day and going, Jesus, amazing. Just, just while you're here, Johnny, how important have Irish Americans been to you in your years here and learning and even setting up this bar a couple of years ago, a, a big risk for anyone to take? And, you know, you, you yeah. mentioned a few names there, and I know you, we've talked about this um, off-air um, people who have helped you and gave you that confidence to take the step to go on. Yeah, yeah, but I think it's just because you literally anyone you work. I, I worked for the guys at uh, Annie Morris for a long time, like, and they're good friends of mine. But they did it, so they even just seen lads that done it. But definitely the McNamees, like for me, like the lads, like definitely for me, like we all lived on the same street, and I still live on it, and the lads lived on it. We all lived in the same apartments. Like I'm now in Michael's apartment, mm. uh, he was his. But that was literally first-hand watching someone that I lived with and, like, played FIFA with every night and then seeing him going and getting a mean fiddler. And, like, for people now listening to this podcast and stuff that know New York and stuff, they'd look at the mean fiddler and think, oh, yeah, it's great success. This place is always packed. But people say that like it's just, it was just a matter of the lads opening the doors. They opened on 47th Street off 8th Avenue. Like, and even that term, like, in the bar business, off an avenue, that's the difference in day and night like being off an avenue and on an avenue at times is just like huge and just watching them work it and seeing them doing it and seeing what they put into it and like and we all so what's just quick what's the difference what's the main difference as a as a business person between like if you were on an avenue like there's a good chance there's a lot of streets in new york you'll never ever 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 drive on or walk on but i guarantee you've been on every avenue mm. since you've been here mm. <laughs> you know just by jigs and reels so if you're in a cab going home at night time you're going to pass the bar but on a side street, you might never see it. Mm. So the, you, you, it, now we're on a side street here, as in we're off an avenue, but we're on a two-way as well. We're on one of the doubles, like 34th, 42nd, 
you know, the doubles. So it's wide. 57th, like, so just for a little New York background, a lot of them streets that are double like that, like the ones I know, say 14th Street, 23rd Street, 34th, 42nd, and 57th, and so on, they're pretty much where the ambulances cross. I need a services. Unless they have to go onto that street, they will use them streets because they're, they're wide. So you have two, like you've, you're basically going east to west and west to east. So that in itself is kind of like an avenue as well. But like for Michael and Pat to be on 57th, 47th, sorry, off between, you know, 8th and Broadway, I think is what the lads are between. That was a massive challenge for them to build that bar. And it's arguably the most popular, well-known bar anyway in the city, if not most popular. And it's, because of them two personalities so watching these two guys operate for me made it like looking at the lads going well if they can do it i can do it and pretty much that's it isn't it mm. like if they can do it, i can do it is more like now you've seen the template but now you still to go and do it and that's having confidence in yourself but like at the same time like i woke up every morning while we were building this place with that immediate anxiety in my stomach like oh what have i done before we got open but I, I, looking back at it, if you didn't wake up with that anxiety, there'd be something wrong yeah. with you. You hear sports people saying that, like, well, if I, did, if, if I don't have nerves, it's gone. Yeah. If the butterflies aren't there, it's gone. You know, and that's, Paul Garrington mm. says it every time. Mm. There is a day you're going to wake up and the butterflies are gone. Pork will probably be 70 when that happens. But the lads were advising you on that bar, and even you were telling me when you opened the Westbury that uh, it was a macro gave you a kind of a, almost a... Oh, yeah. Like, you. again, I was getting a little anxiety with that a bit. You know, when you're talking figures and back and forth, and I remember even ringing Michael uh, uh, Macker, as we know, I remember ringing him on the Michael train. Mac Michael McIntyre, McNamee. McNamee. I remember my ringing Michael and asking him, about, but I knew the answer, but I just needed to hear it, yeah. whatever it was. I remember ringing him something about a lawyer wanting to do this, or, you know, blah, 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 and he just said, just sign it. Just sign whatever it is. Where is it? A couple of other people might be, jeez, don't know about that. Hold off on that. If I'd have held off, I wouldn't have got it. Now, my, Michael's advice was, because he's learned himself, he, his exact words to me sign on it. He says, a lawyer can cost you a bar as much as they can get you a bar. Like, what's the worst that's going to be in it? You know the basics of what's in the lease. Now, it, it's not ideal advice is what I'm saying to other people, but having had the long haul and known Michael the way I do, I knew his point was, it's an amazing location. It's a good bar. You and Cotton know what you're doing you know, haven't proven it with the long haul. And he said, just go for it, as in and sign it and stuff like that. And he was right. But again, to go back to the bit of the Irish thing as well, you know, the Irish here, and this is a lot about Michael as well. But again, like, and I don't want to be like <coughs> pointing this at, uh, like saying that the Irish are home or anything, but the one thing about the Irish here, 99%, I feel, and there are certain people I've come across in my 19 years or whatever here, is um, there's no begrudgery with them here. Like, I subsequently found out after that, which Michael ended up telling me after that, that he had shown an interest in that location. And But he, he, he parked that and just drove, told me, go for this, do this, do that, and do that. Not one ounce of begrudgery was in his voice. Because I know him, and he wouldn't be like that. And he had shown an interest and was probably considering having a look at that bar. And no, the, anyone else could have kind of said... Yeah, well, maybe don't do this, don't do that. He was the opposite. Do this, do that, do that. And that's to me, has been the reason why I've got the first and the second place is that kind of attitude and that sort of type of friendship with these lads and stuff. And there's loads like them. I'm just naming Michael and Pac because they mainly would have been. But I could name like five, ten others, like, you know, I mean, from, you know, 
just up and down the avenues of lads that are all in the bar business because they're all doing the same thing and they all know how difficult it is. Mm-hmm. They know how hard it is to get staff now with minimum wage. They know how hard it is to keep staff. Like the young Irish that are coming here now, they're super educated and they're smart and they're coming over and they're on gradu- graduate visas and they want a waitress and bartender and stuff. But they only want to do it for a certain length of time and they're right, like I'm not knocking them for it. But like there's a very small few that are coming that are like choosing it as a career choice. So we're in a different bracket now where we hire different nationalities and all, which is fine. This is great, but it kind of loses a little the art of what we're trying to sell, especially for me and Cottle more so, because mm. we're trying to really sell the Irishness. But, but you can't come here with a visa, essentially, in this day and age now and work in a bar, basically. No, yeah, because so. you're, you've got a graduate yeah. visa, for, in your case, for journalism yeah. and stuff like that. So they, they can trace people uh, through their visas. They can trace and see that you are not actually working in fashion or you're not in whatever it is you're supposed to be doing. Mm. And even though some, again, getting back to, here's me and you with the lack of knowledge of visas, they, some of them don't even allow you to work part-time that's not in your, you know, your oh, field, whatever yeah. it might be. Yeah. But yet you could be doing an internship. Yeah. So how are you supposed to make money to pay rent? Yeah. Like I will, I'll share my visa story <laughs> in a couple of weeks or yeah. a couple of pods, but the, the barriers that they put down for you to survive here is just, you know, just to get some supplemental income just to, to to pay whatever rent you're paying two grand a month but there's another topic like rent yeah, like right. like where yeah. does rent start like rent control and then yeah. if you get in an apartment you're in it you're in with a roommate if you're with a partner or whatever and then you're like okay we'll go in there for a while but we'll move on to somewhere else but if you do two years in there and next thing your rent hasn't budged much maybe by the three percent every two years then you start looking somewhere else and now all of a sudden I don't even want to joke, but, but the rent, where, like, what are you looking at? You know, the minimum you're going to pay, you're not going to get a whole lot for less than 2000 anymore. From two grand for a one-bed or one-bed apartment, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and by the way, that's, 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 that's not in the West Village either. And that's a half an hour yeah. uh, subway ride into yeah. the city. And you see, or out of the city from... You see, when you come to New York as well, you kind of go where you knew somebody. So generally, if your friend was in Woodside, yeah, I'll go to Woodside. If your friend was in Woodline, your friend was in Yonkers, you know. Chances are he wasn't in the city, but if he was, he's living in a small enough apartment or if he's in a big apartment, whatever. But you, you weren't going to get an apartment. You generally got an apartment close to the friend who you stayed with. But years ago, you could come to Woodside, Woodlawn, Sunnyside, whatever, and there was value to be had. That seems to have gone now. That's well gone now. Especially like Sunnyside, Astoria, Woodside even now. They're just... It, for me, you know, I'm not shocked because I was always a bit mesmerized why it wasn't expensive because I realized how close they were. Now, Astoria was always that little bit more than the other two. But now Sunnyside has gone extortion. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, And structurally, it's not like, you know... It's, They're old buildings. Yeah, there's not... You're not getting brand new building. You ain't getting no doorman going in there. How are you doing today, Mr. Candy? How was your day? That ain't happening. But it, Barely get that out of missus. <laughs> and we'll go on to it at some stage down the line, but I, the, the publication I'm working for, I'm not sure if you want to, the Queen's yeah. Post, but I'm going to these meetings and any... These community board meetings and any time a developer wants to build residential units, they're saying, no, 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 rent yeah. control, rent control. So if you're not building... You know, it's like the it's like back at home. If there's no, yeah. if, if 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 the if the supply can't meet the demand, it's only mm. one way the rent is going. But yeah, but that's another one we'll go but on. But again, yeah, they're, they're all things because rents are a big thing. For like you know what I mean? Everything is big, and there's so much for people to learn. Because again, looking at these Facebook pages and stuff like that, there's a lot of people like you came here with your partner. I came here friends, and I've always been lucky. You know, 
there's a lot of people coming over here for, for on their own. Yeah. And they're flattening over and they're like, where should I go live? Who will I, show, who will I go live? And I mentioned it in one of the other like interviews or something. That's sort of like some Manhattan Gales I find they're amazing like that. They're very much even more about a community of meeting people and getting people in and stuff like that. But again, there's yeah, loads you, of topics for us to learn or to educate just, people. Just about. The GA is just, as we'll touch on, just a fantastic, for me it was anyway, just to meet Irish people up in Gaelic yeah. Park. As many, a lot of the thoughts it has up there with whatever, the ground or whatever, it's still a hub to meet people. And that's the great thing about the GA, you know, you, you know, just, you're just, and it's like, it kind of, it's like going into a dressing room at home back in Ireland, it's just, Cork people and it's mm. just all whatever country you're from but then when you hear all the different accents that are you know it's just well, a, that's what changes it it's but just you hear every every Irish accent up there or even yeah. in the bar here in the long haul but isn't like, that what's know, it's, it's, it's something that really struck me straight because I wouldn't have been used to that yeah what I was about to say to you isn't that like for anyone that does travel that's the one thing and you kind of look at yourself after a few months and go geez, shame on me a little like I've never been to these parts of Ireland that's one thing we all think of straight away I've never been there. And also, you don't know anyone from outside of your own county. And the chances are, if there's somebody from another county living beside you in Cork, he becomes Dublin Dave or something. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, Wexford Will there. Like, you know what I mean? There's, they, they, they get named after the county. And God forbid, someone could ask you his surname in six yeah. years and you still wouldn't know, where's here? You're thrown into it. Yeah. And again, I think that's what you learn so much from each other. And your opinions, and rightfully so, change or something like that. And then you're, you're just... And then, you, then you're encouraged to go to them when you go home. Yeah. But that's why I th- also think your fondness for Ireland grows here. Absolutely. Because you leave with, like you said about the GAA there, I'd be straight up like I'd never, I played, I think I played Hurland two or three times when I was younger. Fella nearly took the head off me over in Kilimanjaro once and I was like, look that, back to the golf course. <laughs> my dad worked in a golf course, I went back playing golf. It's a lot safer. All right. Nobody took the head off me. Yeah. I just throw that part in because I don't want to, when you mention golf and you say so, people think you come from a privileged background. <laughs> I think as Shane Lowry has proven in his many interviews since Rin and Port Rush, that's not always the case. And it's, you know, his parents went to a lot of lengths anyway. Hopefully we'll con Shane on to here one day and he can give us a little brief on that. But just, just to finish on what you said there, I couldn't agree more. The whole GAA thing in here, it must be amazing Like for the individual person that's coming over. I don't think any other sport has that. Any other nation has mm. that, where you can actually go over, you know, Go join the GA club. I met a girl there recently. We were watching an All-Ireland a couple of years ago. I mean, a friend of mine got talking to this girl from Donegal, and she'd never played GA in her life. Never done that. But as soon as she came to New York, she went straight to Manhattan Gales. I met her there six months ago, and like she met her yeah. boyfriend, fiancé now, all through Manhattan Gales. Actually, she's sorry she went near that place. And dead, like, people might know, that, uh, well, just let you know, I, I, when I was back home in Cork, I'm from Cork, and I played with Nemo Rangers, and, GA was a massive part of my life, um, and my wife Laura um, despised it. <laughs> Hated the GA because we were together now eleven years. But every summer it was fixed yeah, and trying to go on holiday. But they're the women that don't get a mention either, yeah, or the yeah. partners that don't get she a mention of GA. And then I <laughs> then I went playing last year, and it was great for me last year. But she just didn't like it. She just doesn't, just didn't like the the fixture and all that. But funny how it's after turning out now with her own visa problems. She's out training or Donovan Rossa I seen that yeah, and, yeah she uh, I think it's there. Manhattan Gales yeah my missus said that to me she says I think that was changing the girl she, she's, I, I, she is just seeing it from a total 
new viewpoint. She's out there meeting so many Irish friends, just 30 girls at training there. Yeah. And I, I think now she's really seeing, you know, the benefit of the GA yeah. right here. Whereas she kind of had to put up a barrier because, you know, at home it was it was Well, apparently it was affecting serious. her, yeah. but it was also affecting yeah. her Saturdays and Sundays yeah. Right? Yeah. and a couple of nights a week. And it's, it, it, it is a lot more serious. But again, she's not, Laura wasn't wrong on that. But I, I wouldn't say a lot of lads in the GA clubs at home realize it either outside of Ireland yeah. like you always hear this thing yeah, at home yeah, oh it's yeah. the community game and, yeah. far. and it is great in saying yeah. that but it also divides community not divides communities but certainly for me where I grew up yeah. the lads that played soccer majority of them didn't play ga and yeah. the lads that played hurling played ga they, they both played fo- you know if you played yeah. hurling you played football but when you get here and you see it your whole core your, your friends generally it comes from that like I say I came here I never played it and none of my friends did but you got morphed into it. Like, I slag and say that I only started watching GEA in, like, the uh, 72nd minute of the 2011 final. Like, you know, I mean, that's the first time I watched it. It is true. But it is true. But you know what? And we'll hit on this in another time. But the reality is, getting back to McNamee there, Michael earlier on, I remember them lads calling me, and we all lived on the same street, to go around to watch the game. But the truth of it is, all through the noughties, I would have known more that was going on the GA and I'd even have let on to the lads. I would have listened to it at home on the radio, like you'd have RT radio, and I'd often watch it in the house. But you were morphed, you were brought around to it, and you were being in the bars, and it became a banter between you and your co-workers. Like, I worked with a couple of girls in sidetracks that were from Tyrone, and this was all through the noughties. And I was like, jeez, I got sick of listening to them. But in good set, I mean that in good humour, like, it was great crack. But the reality was I was illegal. I didn't want to go around and watch the games, because I couldn't, I couldn't have it. Mm-hmm. And I remember Dublin getting beaten by Mayo in the semi-final when they were so far ahead. I think it might have been 08 or 09. No, it wasn't 09. Whatever. But I remember Blondie coming out with the dreads and, like the ple- and, he, and him scoring the goals in the second half and just blew Dublin away. But I remember lads standing there and they were talking about going home for the final and they were booking flights. At the time, they were ringing people about flights. But I was standing there and I couldn't go. I remember a mate of mine with me from Tallinn. He, he couldn't go. And all. So we just distanced yourself from it. That mm-hmm. was the other side of it. That was something you couldn't have. That was a reminder of something you couldn't, you know, you had no interest in it. So you nearly distanced yourself from it. Yeah. Then you moved the four, clock forward and I get my green card. And next thing I'm fucking like, they're look ill, like, you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm bringing it on. Like, I've missed an All-Ireland yeah. final since. But I love it now. Yeah. But even so, like, I'll even go another one. Irish music. You end up being away from home and you hear that in the background and you're kind of like a morphe in a little bit. Just like you have Joe Duffy on during the day here. Joe Duffy in the morning. <laughs> you hear it in the- I would argue I know more. I wouldn't argue. I know for a fact. I know more day to day what's going on in Ireland than I would in America. My day starts with Irish radio and it'll finish with an Irish podcast. I know I love America yeah. and I'm an American citizen now. I love everything about it and I'll always live here. But you end up becoming embracing your mm. culture more the longer you're away. And as you get older and your parents mm. get older and stuff like that. Now, that's not for everybody. I'm sure not everyone's the same. But, like, I couldn't be full-blown, like, either one or the other. I couldn't be, like, you know, all-American this and nothing about the Irishness and all. Well, there was a time if you'd have said that to me, I'd have been the other way around. Mm. I'd have been like, oh, I lived in Australia. I was bleeding. In Australia, I was going to bleeding cricket games and going to NRL games and everything. It was unreal. Like Gaelic Park, because I was, I remember doing uh, stories for it last year before the, the the Mayo game back home, and I was interviewing a, a guy up there, Seamus Smith, and he had been here for thirty years, and he was just telling me the stories of Gaelic Park back in the day and the old clubhouse. 
and the dances they had and you know it was it was it was a bigger hub back in the day because you didn't have that social media mm. aspect or whatever so everyone met in gaelic park yeah and then that that's kind of fed into the what we're doing the pod here it's because there's been so many a lot of mistakes with, the, with gaelic park it's almost like you know it's almost like it's lost from us for a couple of years mm. for the last couple of years I'd love for it to just rise again and be that hub up there yeah. you know a nice a nice place where people were used to be having their dinner because we were having our we were sitting out on plastic benches last year and just afterwards just chatting and it wasn't ideal but you know when you you meet people like yeah. afterwards it was fantastic and get back to your point about I was about you know knowing more about Ireland we're working with Irish Central last year I learned far more last year yeah. than I ever did about yeah. Ireland from working with Irish Central mm. because they're trying to of course they're, they're they're trying to cover all aspects and the great and the you know the beauty of Ireland or whatever and I was just learning and I as you said I was ashamed I hadn't gone to a lot of these places sure. You know, and it's only it, when you leave that you became that you know you, oh, stop, sure, you go a bigger fondness for. Sure, when I, we 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 had Macker's uh, wedding in Donegal in 2012 or something, I remember driving up and seeing all the mountains, and I was cringing, thinking that I was in New Zealand two years before that and raving about the mountains. Here they were three hours up the road for me the whole time. See, that's where you missed out not being involved with the guy traveling yeah, all true, the back yeah, of, yeah. the back of beyond. Yeah, well, you were lucky to play for Nemo, so at least you've got to be in at Longevity and playing place. But just to hit on it there, whether we keep this or not. Do you think it's all right, Johnny? I no, let it, I let it over week. Yeah, over weekend. but that gentleman Seamus that you met from Mayo, and he's thirty years, and he was up there, and he was nearly had a pining probably in him for the whole thing. Do you think a little bit of that comes from in a generational thing, like you and Laura chose to leave home, correct? Like oh, as yeah, in, yeah, yeah. you know, and what we weren't forced by. Yeah, yeah. I left a in ninety nine. People were forced. Yeah, I left in ninety nine. It was booming, but I was at that age where I wanted to travel. Yeah. I was done. Like I, whatever, was in the early twenties, and I was like, I'm gone. But I even met people after that since who, like after the crash of 08 and stuff like that, not necessarily in New York, but a lot of them that went to Australia and places and mining and all, they could flip either way, I'd say. Because there'd be some of them that might have a resentment towards Ireland because they were forced to leave. Like, there was no tears in the airport when I was leaving. Like, mm. Jesus, my parents fucking drove me to it. Like, <laughs> good luck. But no, genuinely, they were like delighted for me that I was going. But it was, I never, and that's why I think I probably. I'm not saying everybody, but that more so. Let's go back to that other generation you were talking about, the 30 year ago. People that left through the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and certainly the 80s. I've met a lot of lads over the 80s in here, and you could see it in them. They were like, going, oh, and they were like. Yeah. There's actually that interview I did with Shane. He said that there was a, people had left back in the 80s, and I must put it up on YouTube. I have yeah. it on Facebook. It's a great. Shane's will just rattle off all, all GA history. But it's, of course, they were forced to go, and yeah. of course, they embraced the culture then even more because. Mm they didn't want to go but did you also find I think the long round point I'm trying to get to that then there was there was two types of them then there was some of them that came here and kind of resented America a little they were a little bit like oh, this is an Irish bar what are you doing in here type of thing like I've, I've, I know these stories I've heard of these things around Woodside and Woodlawn over the years that they were so much about their whole Irishness that they were nearly like well I'm just over here I.e. they probably landed in JFK, went straight to one of these locations, never really left it, never did a whole lot, worked there, worked hard and sent money home. And I'm not, I, you know, I, I couldn't imagine what that would have been like. But never then embraced the American culture to okay. go another way on it. Like, I, there's no sports I wouldn't watch. Mm. i watch anything and I'd have a fair knowledge of most anyway. I can certainly sit through any game of any sport and I'd know enough that's going on. But then... Over the years, like, I've been in bars. I've bartended for 20 years here now, and I've heard crap like, why are you watching that shit for turn off that football? Or they wouldn't even call it football. And now we're referring to 
NFL here. You know what I mean? Super Bowl, one of the biggest sporting events, always has been and always will be. I'm just saying, not only did it, if you don't like it, you don't like it, that's fine. But why slag it off? Yeah. You're in their country. Like I said earlier, I went to cricket and I went to yoke. The reason I went to watch cricket and went to watch NRL in Australia, because I'm in work with Australians in English and the lads are talking about it the next day. I don't want to be the lad in the corner yeah. going, I don't know what they're talking about, I couldn't care less. One day cricket, mm. two day, 20 tests, 20, 20, whatever. What, what better to do? Don't move to a country if you're not going to embrace yeah. the culture. That's basically what I'm trying to say. Like, we give out about enough in Ireland where people are coming over yeah. and they're not doing this and all, like doing that. But you probably can't win. Yeah. I'd say that you don't have to, like, I try to get into the NFL, but I just, it's not, not a no, sport for me. But, it, but I wouldn't. I think I'm probably more so yeah. talking about just in general. Yeah. I know you're, that's not what you, but to you, you still love America and you love everything yeah. about it and you respect the people that live here and everything about it. I've seen it, and my experience is in the 90s, I came here and I've seen it where people were like, it's an Irish bar, what are you doing in here? And I've seen that. And this would be, by the way... Australia, I never came across that. No, no you so. don't. Thankfully anymore. Yeah. I've never heard of it anymore. I don't think it goes on. I wouldn't like to think it is. And by the way, the people that be saying this to would probably be first generation Irish American yeah. kids whose dad was forced to come over similar to them. Mm. And they'd be in around. And in my experience, this happened more so in Queens. Sorry, my experience. I've seen it happen in Queens. But I know what went on in the Bronx as well. And you're out in Sunnyside all your life. Yeah, I've been out, well, all my American life, yeah. Sunnyside, right. yeah. Same, I'm out there as well for people who want to. I've been in five different apartments with the same landlord on the same street. <laughs> Four X's and all the gaffes. Mrs. Love to hear that. Playa. <laughs> Johnny, so, um, like, coming up to Paddy's Day now, and this is a this is where I'd really like to get your input into these events and we'll have going forward we'll have the likes of Paddy Green coming in and telling us what kind of social events are coming on but like hopefully we'll get this out this weekend but if not Paddy's weekend is coming up here now unfortunately the uh, the parade has been cancelled for coronavirus but going back your experience of Paddy's day here and how Irish Americans how Americans how what's Paddy's weekend like for you here Mm. In this industry, anyway, it was always a, like you know, a little anxiety building. Oh, here we go, here we go. But I have to say, I just I love them. What so, do you mean? Because you know it's a long day, like especially yeah. in, in the city. If you're working in the city, like I was... Me- is messy, though? Eh, messy, but good messy. Like, yeah. as in, there was never... Genuinely, never seen any aggro kind of I just think Irish Americans and Americans are just... Jeez, they're amazing. Like, mm. they just love a good day out. They don't care, like... And you know what? They all arrive down from upstate New York and they have their iron jumper on and their hat and the whole lot. But isn't it amazing, like, that here we are as a tiny little country and here's the whole world that wants to be us for a day, like, does any other country have that? It's, it's, it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, like, and like another... It's uh, unique for a, for a country the size of Ireland to have a day that's just, just Irish, and it shows it's an Irish the, day. Yeah, but it shows also what we still, the pull or, or, or how we're regarded mm-hmm. still in America. We're the, in New York... No matter who you are, your parade falls on the weekend of whatever that week is, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So I don't know the dates of Tartan Day. I think it's in a few weeks' time. Puerto Rican Day Parade, all these parades. But if they land on a weekday, they have to pick a Saturday either side of that date. St. Patrick's Day is the only one that still lands on the 17th. It's on the 17th, with so the exception of a Sunday. Fifth Avenue is still shut down. For so, so like I know it's been cancelled for this week, so... St. Patrick's Day was going to be this Tuesday and it was going to be on a Tuesday. Actually, the first St. Patrick's Day parade, if I'm not wrong, was was, in, was definitely in America and started in New York, I think. And right. It, and it expanded from here. Yeah. 
But even you said that I, I was just going through my mail today for some of the, some local events, and I think there was a, an event Friday for Greek Independence Day, and it's mm. sure Greece is a small country, but sure. <laughs> No. who knows about Greek yeah. and Paddy's day is just maybe it's our love it. for the social aspect yeah. of it but it, it, it's great when you see definitely other, a key yeah, it's definitely pride, a factor yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's, but, but when you see other, other nationalities just they embrace it they're going wow this is great yeah. like you know but it, it's that day isn't it like and, and we were trying to hit it on there earlier but like even the first generation like I've heard Des Bishop many times say that, that was his identity it was huge like that's that day in March and I can now haven't been here so long I can see totally what he means by that that's like that was his day to go in and flex his muscles in school you know what i mean and the italian kid had his day and then and and, and des bishop joked many times like if you were a mixed like friend of the pod yeah if you were a mixed like if you were if your parents was you know german irish and i guess des bishop said you nowhere near as much cred like you know what i mean he was if you were full-blown irish and that still goes on do you, know, do you know him do you no i met him oh, right, the okay. monaghan lads brought him over this year you know very from queens Fl- yeah, yeah, Flushing yeah. or Jackson Heights or something in that area. Great success story when you look at the flip yeah. side. Like, there's a guy that got sent to Ireland, like, yeah. you know what I mean? As he jokes many times, had a drink problem, so they sent him to Ireland. <laughs> but uh, just to finish, uh, just a bit on your question, I've loved it. I've worked in bars and you've you'd literally eight, nine in the morning and probably work genuinely on your feet for that whole time till 12 o'clock at night. Yes. But another time we'll talk about again, sports or for our friends at home. You're in the tipping industry here. You're in the service industry. So if you're doing 12 hours on your feet in New York, you're making money every on the hour all the time. You're, like, apart from the, the, the hourly rate, generally people are tipping you, and, and New Yorkers and people that live in New York are, are the one area that still are very generous in that department. How does, just from my own ignorance, Johnny, having never worked in the How much the should you tip? Industry. Do you want to ask me how much you should tip? <laughs> in the long haul, it's a standard uh, 20. Standard... Standard twenty, 20 is 20 that before visit. or after tax? A man told me before that it has to that he take he doesn't he, he does doubles the, 20%, the tax. Doesn't no, he he does the twenty percent before tax. Mm. I won't ask where in Ireland that fellow was from. <laughs> He's American. Yeah, so he puts he saw like if it was uh, so if it was a straight eighteen dollars without the tax. He left twenty percent on the eighteen as yeah. opposed to the tax. Yeah, so if it's twenty dollars all in, he'll he'll tax the twenty percent on the the eighteen. Right. Before tax. Well, that's fine if he's just drinking them. But but what if he what if he has a soda or something like that, and then he has a lot of food? So there's tax on food if you're sitting at a bar. There's no tax on alcohol when you're sitting at the bar. I did not know that. Yeah. So how does you, that work again? They don't charge tax on For your drinks if you're sitting at the bar drinking. But if you're sitting at a table, so a pint of Guinness at a table costs more than it does at the bar. And is that law or...? It should be, but I see some bars now have snuck it in where they're charging tax at the bar. And in my opinion, they're the only person getting hurt is the bartender because he's the one that has to listen to the consumer. Like, why are you charging me 8 17 or whatever it is for a pint of Guinness? Yeah. But I've had, I've, had, I've had incidents where I've been at a bar and the guy's charged me tax, and I'd said it to him. I don't mind giving it to him, but I've made a point of saying it to him. Happened to me on a bar down the barry there about a year ago. And he goes, oh, yeah, it's New York. They charge tax at the bar. So you shouldn't. Well, whether you should or you shouldn't, they never have no other bars yeah. have done it. I know bars that do it, and I think it's wrong. And personally. food is just the same, is it? Food, food is, is tax. There's tax on food, no matter what. Because I, I, you know yourself, and you've re- relatives coming over, and they're new, and it took me time to get used to it. They come in, and they're just mm. not sure whether to tip, and you're like, the waitress now knows that you're not, the person's yeah. after maybe 
paying for that there and they forget the tip or they didn't know it. Yeah, no, it is. It drives me crazy, to be honest with you. It's, I love just being at home and just paying for your Yeah. <laughs> Again, it's another, it's another thing that you could cover on the pod. Like, if, if, if people that live here, their anxiety of their parents. I've loads of great stories of people that have heard things that people have done. Like, there was a girl I knew once and she took her and her mum were in a bar together and uh, the daughter was in the industry and she left the bartenders a tip when she was leaving. And then when she was walking in the road, she was in the cab with her mother and her mother gave her back the tip and she says, here, you left that in the bar. You forgot that. And the daughter was like, that was a tip, man. Oh, just don't be silly, that's way too much. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> in the moment, just no concept of that they just said yeah. there. Now. Look, I get it with tourists coming over and people as hard, but I also don't buy when you get people coming over and saying, oh, sure, we don't know we live in Ireland. Listen, yeah. the dog in the street knows you tip in America. You tip. And also, just to give a bit of like balance on it, it's a service. It's a service charge. If you don't feel the service was good. But I'd rather you gave something and tip it out. Because when you're stiffing that one person that upset you or peed you off, they're not the only one with their hand in that tip cup. There's a bus boy getting losing out there. There's a co-worker losing out there. There's other people. Give the minimum and then at least and tell them your opinion if you want. I was just going to ask, how do you divvy it out? So like if, the, if someone's serving me... Mm is all her tips going into one pot at the end of the night and then if she finishes at 8 o'clock and someone else is working till 10 yeah. everywhere differs everywhere differs so uh, personally I think the customer shouldn't have to worry about any of that you get your check you pay it whatever they do with it, it's their problem but uh, it fascinates me everywhere is different like I spoke to a girl the other day as regards hiring for the new place and she told me where she works that each server keeps their own tables and I know places in Newport and like Rhode Island and places mm. that do that. And I, but I just don't get that. So let's say you and I are both serving together. We're both, like, uh, we're both waiting tables. And if I've got the three tables over in the right-hand corner and you've the three tables down the back. So if you walk by my tables and a customer answers you for something, do you get the snot on and go, it's not my table? Like let's uh, say you've yeah. nobody down there. And then, what, the customer's supposed to know the politics of the place? Yeah. Now automatically you're giving bad service. But I, so I don't, there's a lot of things I don't get. I can understand if there's, if you're assigned to one a certain table, but say if it's all in one pot now and one person she's finishing at eight o'clock, mm. and then the next person is finishing at ten, how does where does how do you divvy it all up? Um, generally, it differs. So if your check was open, so you're still sitting at the table. You started at six. Let's just do it simple. You started to check at six. You're still sitting there at eight, and one of the girls is leaving at eight. Say, let's say it's just female, right? So one of the girls is leaving at eight. Generally, what we would do here is whatever that check is at, let's just say for argument's sake, it's at $100 at 8 o'clock. So now they circle it and say it's $100. So we'll guesstimate then that you leave 20%. That girl is probably owed 20. But if you carry it on, then it goes to $500. And the other girl, she gets the tip on the remaining oh, three. But then there's other bars differ. There's other, like some bars take turns, then it going home. Someone that goes early. Is so, it, so that is, that, is that hard to work out at the end of the night? It's not, but it's, it's generally the politics in place. But the, the other thing about it is, which... We, whether we cut all this out or not but no but the other thing that is and I think it is worth talking about something the other thing is all of this is built on trust the bartending waitress and service industry in New York it doesn't work without trust and there's a lot of trust has to be given like whether it be from the owner to the staff to everybody and I will say this if you're not trustworthy or if you're uh, you know if you don't do the right thing in this town and you're found out you'll be gone Mm. And I know many cases. I, not too many, but I know enough. And I know their names off the top of my head without even thinking about it. Like, too hard to think about. Because 
it's the ultimate no-no in this town, in yeah. this industry, as it should be, but it really is bad. So if we do actually kind of go on a bit, we might. one of our concepts was to do a kind of an after-hours or an extras of a particular podcast. Uh, for example, we did talk to Jack McCaffrey last week, and we did about an hour with him, and then we just got talking to Jack as after when, when we finished, and he went, Jesus, wouldn't mind talking a little bit of politics here. No, was a little upset we didn't talk about politics. Uh, I didn't know he was into politics. It was Super Tuesday. I know. Like, I know. He'd CNN I on. Like, I, I couldn't take anyone who watches CNN seriously. Anyway. <laughs> That's another thing you'll find out about this podcast. So, like, and I went back listening to it. And, and it's, it's a good concept afterwards. If you want to listen to more, we get, get on to it. It mightn't be everyone's cup of tea. Like, but it's something that we're going to kind of um, work on. So, if we wanted to keep them. No, Any, anything we've done a pod, it's went on way more longer than now. Yeah. So, as we said, we are learning as we go on. And with, with, with feedback, we'd... Um, Appreciate the feedback. If you like them, we'll, we'll hold on to them. But it's going to be... It's a nice name, Johnny, after hours, I thought of that. Yeah, it is good, yeah. yeah. It's never been be used before. You definitely are the only one that ever <laughs> used that. Yeah, You never... <laughs> you don't watch Bill Maher, obviously. Well, we will have a lot of uh, guests coming on. We will do our own bits and pieces. Yeah, because, like, you know, there's not always going to be guests in town. Yeah. The way these flights are getting grounded, there yeah. might be anyone. You might just have to listen to us. But we're happy to bring on anyone in New York as well if anyone wants to come on and talk about anything anyone feels they have a knowledge they could share with people whether it be visas again to hit back on that or just yeah. anything or even get something out there if they want to struggling for anything whatever mm. it may be if you just need to dig out on anything give us a shout or if you want to come on board we need so we, need, we don't yeah. need a producer but uh, <laughs> we were thinking of one of the things we have a website and it was kind of feeding back into the GA thing Johnny that we might kind of if other county boards that uh, this is kind of thinking long term or medium term that if we got a bit of traction here with the, the G, our GA side that we could do a little on our website we could do a little sports or a GA section where yeah. you, know, you get the results in you could send in some videos or something and we'd be happy to cover cover GA games here if there's an appetite for it yeah definitely because like I said like I've seen over the years the amount of effort and time without naming them like I don't want to leave anyone out but all the clubs that from the certain counties that come through New York over the years I see the passion that all them clubs yeah. are why not give them a bit of exposure yeah. like as we say if a Larry Tompkins can get discovered in New York through playing for Donegal New York and ends up leaving Kildare and going to Cork mm. like I was fascinated after talking to him and the manager like basically there wouldn't be in a Larry Tompkins Cork but for New York there's no, no doubt about no. it. Not a chance. And he admitted that himself. He yeah. said, "There's no, like, it's I don't, a fascina- fascinating I don't think that story. gets. I don't think that. Yeah. I'm not saying there'd be gro- or dismissive of it in Ireland, but I never knew that. Mm. And I knew of Larry Tompkins because he lived pretty close <coughs> to me at home, so I'd heard the yeah. name. And even when I looked into it, but the New York factor in it is the mm. biggest factor in it. And that's why. And that's why he came back here last January to to to, 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 honor. to talk to Donald Gallagher mm-hmm. to honor him for who was being honored at the Donegal event because he he realized how important that mm-hmm. was to his career. Donald coming over, looking after him, how he kind of you know developed as a player here, and then went back, and then sure we know we yeah. did, the rest is history as they, as they say. Like I've heard some of these lads like their signature on their to say that he's arguably one of the best players that ever mm. played the game mm. wouldn't have been discovered but for Gaelic Park and New York and Donegal <laughs> That's, to me it's fascinating mm. that it's it's a little bit just, just gets brushed over a bit yeah. like oh yeah he played New York mm. the guy captained Cork to win in All-Ireland and he's from Eadstown in Kildare mm. Like, that wouldn't happen today in any realm. It just doesn't happen. You end up staying with your county, and that's it. Unless you're in the army or the guards, and you've moved, and, you know, that's it. 
And Larry will be back out in September, he was telling us. September, October, for he's releasing his book, hopefully in June. Mm-hmm. Send that to Don Gallard. And uh, <laughs> we hope to kind of... Uh, There'll be no book if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> we hope to uh, give him a bit of exposure here. Michael Stalin, Larry's book. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, we interviewed Donald Gallagher. One day, one of the things about what we what we've been lucky about on the way is that we met. Larry asked us to interview uh, Donald here one day, so we interviewed him a couple of weeks ago, and just his story is great, and we'll be releasing that. But it'll it'll hopefully feed into Larry's book. That was the the concept behind it, and Larry is going to be coming over, and actually, just there's going to be a Cork event here in September, October, to honour the lads who won the the double thirty years ago. That's played mental. That was thirty years ago. Unbelievable, yeah. So that's about it, <laughs> everyone. I was doing my uh, give us a follow on at the Long Haul Podcast on Instagram, at the Long Haul Podcast on Facebook, at the Long Haul Pod on Twitter, um, and just give us some comments. And if you have any guests that you want to want to hear us interview or speak to, let us know. And that's all for this week's podcast. Keep an eye out for our episode with five-time All-Ireland football winner with Dublin, Jack McCaffrey, where we take a look back on Dublin's historic five in a row in 2019, potential rule changes, and Jack's thoughts on his goals for the future. Keep up to date with all of our latest episodes by subscribing to the podcast, and we appreciate all feedback, so please Give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. The host, the drinks were passed around. The liquor was so awful strong. My head went round and round to me away. You sent the boy there at me. Oh, you New York girls, can you dance?